Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers. Come on. Called to live, commanded to love, and commission to serve. And here in FCBC, you know how we say it. We live, we love, we serve. Amen. Listen, you'll understand what I meant about the energy and the, the move of God and spirit. I was actually going to ask you all to sing that song after the sermon. Um, and and you'll, you'll see why. I, I want to turn this morning, and I didn't even tell the media team. Man, my bad, y'all. So let me give give them a chance to get it. Isaiah 43. And I'm reading this in the NRSV and the message. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. All right? In the NRSV, then the message. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. I'm going to say it one more time to give them a chance to get it together. My bad, y'all. I always tell them what the scripture is. I was caught up in the spirit. (laughs) Isaiah, let me know when y'all, I can't see nobody up there, but. Isaiah 43 in the NRSV, 1 through 3. They got it? Oh, they got it. I don't see it on the screen. I need to see it. No, I'm joking. Isaiah 43. There we go. Is that Isaiah 43? Oh, yeah, that's it. All right, let me read this. I'm going to read 1 through 3, part of 3. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, and I'll stop there. In the Message Bible, here's how it reads. Oh, let me get it right now. This thing with technology. Here we go, Message Bible. But now, God's message, the God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name, your mind. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am your your personal, I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. Amen. Come on, let's, let's pray. God, we're so grateful today. We're so thankful that you continue 
to do the unbelievable, and that is to be mindful of us. God, we know we don't always give you good material to work with. We sometimes get in our own way. We sometimes sabotage our best plans. But God, you're mindful of us. You're mindful. And that's reason enough to rejoice. We learned last week, oh God, that we ought to wake up with an agenda for rejoicing. So God, we woke up ready to celebrate today. We woke up ready to give your name the glory and the honor. And the truth is, oh God, it shouldn't just be Sunday. Every day we get up, we ought to bless your name because you are more than worthy. And the, the powerful thing we need to know, God, is that we are worthy. We are worthy because you made us. Now, God, allow your word to hit the intended targets today. Let it move. Let it pierce. Let it confuse some. Let it conflict others. But then let it liberate some. Let it loose some of us, oh God, from the chains that have us bound spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Do your work like only you can, oh God. We will continue to, to lift your name up, give you glory, and honor you. We love you. We love you, God. And it's in your name we pray. And we say, Amen. Remain standing. Again, let me read that in the Message Bible. But now, God's message. The God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. For God calls your name, your mind. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you are between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. Amen. Do me a favor. Turn to your name and simply say, neighbor. God knows your name. Come on, turn to the other neighbor and tell them the same thing. Neighbor, God knows your name. Now put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise on today. God knows your name. We done sang the sermon already. God knows your name. These are verses for the victorious. Words for warriors, a, a, a poetry for those who've come into their power. These words ignite and set on course, revive and galvanize, rejuvenate and restore. These are words that, that those of us who are believers and have been on this journey, we arrive at after going through. For when we go through and come out, these words then make even more sense because they don't become words that shaped us as we entered life's journey. These are words we discovered while on the journey. Don't be afraid, God said. Why, God? 
There's so much in the world that is worthy of evoking fear from us. When we look around our world, our country, our communities, there are more than enough things that would cause us to be fearful. Fearful of facing new days when violence is rampant and pervasive. Fearful of even fellowship when uh, the pandemic still is ravaging so many places and spaces and death is still a reality in the midst of this pandemic. So many reasons to be fearful. But there's nothing to me more fear generating than the fear of making mistakes. I hope you hear that today. That fear of making mistakes is the kind of fear that will cause you never to try anything. The fear of falling short is the fear that will stunt you in your growth, that will halt you in your footsteps. And at the end of the day, undermine every aspiration you could ever have simply because you're afraid of failing. How many of you in here understand what I mean this morning? I know there are more than a few of us in here this morning who can testify that there have been more than a few occasions when you have been crippled by the fear of your mistakes or making them fearful of failure. And because of that, you have made choices that you thought guaranteed safe passage in this journey. You have made decisions that have been architected and created by your comfort zones. You have made decisions that have kept you at a minimum so you don't move into the maximum of life because you are afraid of falling, afraid of failing. But maybe more than that, Afraid that you couldn't get back up after you fall. That's the fear that the psalmist, or rather the writer of Isaiah, is speaking about right now. Because when God says in that 43, don't be afraid, period. Why, God? Here's the answer. Because I have redeemed you. Oh, see, you, you, you may not fully understand why that's worthy right there of just shouting. You see? redeemed and being redeemed means that God, here's the definition, go look it up, compensates for your flaws and faults. Man, that didn't hit you the right way. That God compensates. The gaps that your flaws created, God fills in. Oh man, I hope you hear that. Because we like the redeeming language in church, but I want to use something different, Alicia. I, I want to say God has compensated for me. That God has filled in those spaces that have been created by my missteps and my mistakes. That's the great fear, the fear of failure. And God says, no, don't worry. I've redeemed you. That you are among the realm of the redeemed. And being redeemed means that your flaws, your faults, your failures are not definitive in your life. Oh, my God. If redemption wasn't possible and plausible, you would be justified in your fear. But because God can fill in the spaces created by your mistakes and your flaws. That's why the writer writes, God says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step out. Don't be afraid to take the chance. Don't be afraid to fall down. 
writer Proverbs said it this way. The righteous person falls seven times and gets back up. Gets back up. So why would you be afraid of being defined by your failures? You can only be defined by your failures if you never get up again. And even when you feel like you cannot get up, that's when God what? Redeems. Well, you got to let this sink in. Redeems. Why do you do that, God? I'm going to be short this morning. God, why do you redeem us? It's there in the text. You're saying it. God says, I know your name. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That, that your redemption is connected to your knowledge of who we are. You see, so hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. When I was born, and when all of you were born, I, I mean, I was there, but I wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, I was there, but I wasn't. They gave me a name, Michael. But that wasn't a name for me. That was a name for my parents. That was for them to identify me. Because I had not yet developed the capacity to identify myself. So the name they gave me was to help them, not me. Oh, you missing this today. That, that, that became the name that other people could identify me by. So I went to school and they took attendance and they called Michael Warren and said, here I am. But here I am really didn't show up yet. Oh, y'all missing that. I, I should have said that's what they call me. But it's not who I am. Because who I am is bigger than what they call me. Watch this. And God hit me with this. God said, I redeem you because what? I know your name. Now, you may be saying, well, what's my name then? Because what you are is connected to how you show up in some ways. But we read this, Alicia, we read it wrong. We read this verse wrong. When God says, I know your name, period. You are, not Michael. He said, you are, name coming, mine. Y'all missed that part. That, 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 the name, see, that's it, that God tags on us is mine. Wait, that means the name that God gives is not the identity, it's the belonging. Oh, God. I belong to God. So that the identity I forge after the realization of who I am. It's connected to who I belong to. That is God. So I love Michael Anthony Walren Jr. But it doesn't speak to the essence of my belonging. Because when I let myself catch up with my belonging, my name means nothing. Oh. Because how I show up is a revelation of my divine connection. And you only get to know me as I show up in my divinity. Oh, God, y'all. Maybe this is too much this morning. And, and, and here you are, do 
my name is mine. But when you say it, you're speaking from divinity. Oh, you didn't get that. God calls you mine. And here you getting all bent out of shape because somebody called you a wrong name. It don't matter. Names are identifiers for other people so they don't have to go through the arduous task of getting to the heart of who you are. N names are simply signifiers for what people hope you might be. It's the way for people to somehow get connected to you when, without having to do the work of knowing you. I mean, pause for a second. That would assume you've actually done the difficult work of getting to know yourself in the first place, of getting to see who you are in the first place, because most of us are still languishing in the land of names, but not in the name of la land of identity. You're going to get this. So the question becomes, who are you? And the who are you has nothing to do with the name given to you. Again, the name given to you is to make it convenient so you're just not this thing running around the house. Isn't it amazing how your parents use your full name when you mess up? When they use the full government, something is wrong. But who are you then? If not what other people say you are. Have you actually done the exploratory work connected to finding out who you are? Have you gone beyond the things that have happened to you? Because oftentimes we start naming ourselves based on what's happened to us. And the worst name you could ever give yourself that many of us live into is victim. You might not say victim is your name, but you got to always be the victim in every circumstance. You love playing the victim, being the victim, acting like the victimized. Because, 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 because somehow you've accepted that your role is to be the victim, which means you're the person that things happen to and you have no agency of your own. Can you imagine what your life looked like when you simply walk around waiting for things to happen to you? And then you try to get fancy with it and philosophically, well, that's fate. That's just how things are supposed to be. But then you have all this investment from God in you. And you have the, the gumption to walk around and wait for stuff to happen. You act like you have no power, no say, no sense of subjectivity. And you settle for how people see you. Walking around every day with your eyes closed, even though they're open. Not seeing anything for yourself because everything you see, you've been told what it looks like. So you've never opened your eyes to see what the world really looks like because the world has been given to you and they have given names to everything. And you've accepted the names given so you never discover anything on your own. In fact, you're not even cultivating our culture to go on journeys of discovery because we assume everything is already known. And so if you think that everything is already known, you then move from the known to the known to the known and then you hope to grab hold of certainty. And somehow you then confuse certainty with faith and think that's faith and certainty are the same thing. No, most of us have never walked in faith. We operate on certainty. I got to know it. I got to understand it. I got to get it. I got to get it. See, faith doesn't require any certainty. Faith means I walk. Where are you walking? I'm not sure, but I know my feet are moving. 
And along the way, you don't wait for stuff to happen. You start making things happen. But you can't do any of that when you don't know who you God says, I know you. Let me back up again. There are people who think they know you. Because they know the identifier, the symbol that has been put upon you. But God says, no, I know you. And there are people who know you who do not know you the way God knows you. Because God's knowing you comes with benefits. I'm grateful that everybody here knows my name. I thank you. But to be known by God. So let that just watch over you for a second. You busy on the internet trying to be known and don't realize you already known. In the eyes of the one who created sun, moon, and stars, you're already a celebrity. And you don't even know it. Chasing the approval of wannabes. When the architect of the universe says, I know you. Who else you need to know you when God knows you? Who else you need to understand you when God understands you? And the people who you're looking for affirmation from and validation from have no benefits to their knowledge of you. Come on, God, what are the benefits? Well, when you walk through the waters, they will not overtake you. When you find yourself in flooding moments, they will not overwhelm you. When you are going through the fire, it will not consume you. Those are the benefits of being known by God. It means that what is experienced does not become definitive. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, that's too much. What is, ex write that down, somebody. Tweet that, okay? Wait, wait. What is experienced by me does not have to become definitive for me. Little rough patch right now. Experience it, but don't live there. Little hardship right now. Experience it, but don't build a house in your hardship. Things are not working out the way you thought they should right now. Stop acting like time stopped in your problem. One of the greatest words, words in the scripture is shall. It ain't right now, but it shall be. And the question is, can your body catch up with your shall? Or are you going to live in your what is? Oh, gosh. God said, I will be the greatest benefactor in your life because I know you better than anyone else knows you. And my knowledge, think about this. God's knowledge of you compels God to redeem you. 
who you know or who you want to know you, you can say right now that them knowing you or you knowing them other than God redeems you. Who's going to compensate for your flaws like God? Who's going to restore you from your mistakes like God? Who's going to remind you there's more to you like God? So instead of chasing spaces of affirmation, stand in the affirmation that you are known by God. And when you know that, certain emotions fall off the table. When I know I'm known, jealousy fades into the background. When I know I'm known, envy has no seat at my table. When I know I'm known, anxiety flies out the door. When I know I'm known, I don't sit around here giving myself the blues because other people don't recognize my gifts or my identity or see who my potential is. I am known by God. You, beloved, Unknown by God. God knows your name. Can you fall in love with that knowledge? I I'm going to ask this again. Can you fall in love? Falling in love. I like this because we don't say we fall up love. We fall in. Because falling in is an act of surrender. Let me pause and, and, and do some healing work. This is why love is so precarious. Because surrender means vulnerability. And, and you can't really fall in love and be guarded. You, you can't really fall in love and be deceptive. You, you can't really fall in love and be pretentious. Because when you're pretentious and deceiving, there's no surrender. But I'm asking you today to fall in love, surrender to the knowledge that you are known by God. Come on, let that sink in for a second. Let that sink in. Surrender to the knowledge that you are known by God. If everyone in this sanctuary right now fell in love with that knowledge, we alone could turn the world around. I'm not playing with that. Why? 
Because when you fall in love with the knowledge that you are known, you don't live with one of the greatest hallmarks of this cultural moment, which is, they call it F-O-M. O. Fear of missing out. When you are in love with the knowledge that you're known by God, you ain't worried about missing nothing because you got everything. So, so here's what I want you to do. It's right where you are. Just pause for a moment. Well, yeah, yeah, I see y'all in the back. I can see y'all. Don't try to fall in love because when you try to fall in love with this knowledge, you're busy trying and not falling. Surrender to this moment. It's like swimming. When you try to swim, you won't. When you just surrender to the ocean, you float. Imagine what happens when you surrender to this knowledge. You may just float above the insanity of the moment. Rise above the corruption of this time. Just let it, let that knowledge just rest on you as you rest in it. I am known by God. And because I'm known by God, God redeems. Thank you. God restores. Thank you. God upholds. Thank you. God protects. Thank you. But then God has expectations that I live like I'm known. Not anxious about anything, not letting worry consume me. Why? People panicking around you. And here you are, as still as can be, as calm as can be. And what I want you to, and I, my prayer is that when that day happens and people ask you, why are you so calm? Why aren't you worried? Why aren't you anxious? And as you can tell, because I fell in love a long time ago. I fell in love with the knowledge that I've known by God. Now, I want us to sing this song again. But it should be a little different now. Because when we sang it a little while ago, many of us sang it here. I need you to sing it here. Sing like you fell in love with that knowledge. Sing like you surrendered to that knowledge. Sing like you believe you are known by God. Shake loose of the symbols and the signifiers people have put upon you. You know my name. Before mama and daddy came up with their creative idea, God, you knew me. 
And it's amazing how God actually is content with leaving things unnamed and just letting them what? Be. That's why when God said, I know your name, he didn't put a name. He just said, mine. We're connected. And if you're connected to God, you're connected to everything that's connected to God. And if everything is connected to God, that means you're connected to everything. And that means when you try to separate yourself from anything, you're not walking the fullness of your identity. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.